This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Sheldon in Virginia is a Raider fan. He's got something to say about this move today. Sheldon, what you got, my man? I woke up this morning at 3.30 to the dog waking me up. Cold as all get out outside walking. And I looked at my phone and said, Josh McDaniels fired. I said, hell yeah. Because <laughs> this has gone on long enough. Sheldon, I got to ask you a question. When you said, hell yeah, when you seen Josh McDaniels let go, did the dog say, oh, did the dog agree with you? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, my, my baby was like, <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday night, the Raiders owner announcing he's fired, Coach Josh McDaniels. Hell yeah. <laughs> and welcome to the best show on your radio. It's the Wednesday Groove with our known as Freddie and Harry. Got Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80 and also that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN Radio. Two things. Number one, Tim Kirk is going to stop by in about 10 minutes to get you ready for game five. That's an elimination game for the Arizona Diamondbacks trying to find a way to game six down three, one of the Texas range in the World Series. He stops by in about 10 minutes. Number two, a lot of people giving plenty of love. We had Lewis Riddick on the show, ESPN Info, front office insider, about what happened with the Las Vegas Raiders. DJ Henderson said, just listen, you guys talk to Lewis Riddick, and I'm confused why he does not have a GM job in the NFL. Communication is so key to a team's success, and he seems like he checks that box. Kevin G. Joseph says, yeah, he definitely checks every single GM box. I wish my Houston Texans had hired him. That's why I canceled my season tickets at the 20 seasons because they listened <laughs> to Jack Easterby and kept chasing the Patriot way without Tom Brady as a quarterback on their roster. Yeah, Lewis Riddick is a definitely a treat. I'm glad he's on our side, but he's a yeah. guy I, I personally feel like should be a general manager in the National Football League because – he understands yep. how to build a football team, what to look for, and, and the and most important thing is communication, right? No doubt. Communication across the board. If you're a general manager, a, a communication with your staff, right. also with your head coach. And then at the same time, just because you're the GM don't mean you have to be a ghost from your players. No you doubt. need to be able to communicate with those guys as well and have a phenomenal relationship as well as with the owners. So communication is the centerpiece. Mm-hmm. I can say about anything, any walks of uh, way of when it comes to life, right? No doubt about that. And especially when if you communicate and you have the right kind of communication, it can go a long way to eliminate a lot of minefields yep. and a lot of problems. By the way, in about a couple of minutes, we'll hear what you have to say about what is the one event that you were able to sneak into, and you're proud of it, even if it broke the law. We're to take your phone calls to triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. In a matter of minutes, we get closer and closer to Sunday, Sunday, Sunday NFL massive matchup. We got the Dallas Cowboys on one side, about to go to Philadelphia. Harry, they take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Cowboys are five and two. The Eagles are seven and one. In my opinion, there are two levels of concern that can keep each team from winning. When it comes to Dallas, is their offense back on track? When it comes to Philadelphia, that knee injury to the left knee of Jalen Hurts that could limit his effectiveness being the kind of quarterback that the Eagles need in this offense. Yeah, I start with Jalen Hurts, and I understand that what their offensive line looks like if you're the if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, and I can't help but think in this ball game when you have a Michael Parsons on the opposite side of Armstrong, you have a Demarcus Lawrence and company, right? Yeah, your your antennas have to go up a lot more. On top mm. of it being a divisional opponent, a divisional rival, two teams that don't like each other, two cities that don't like each other, mm-hmm. you have to understand that. You know what? We can't let our guy get hit. And if you're Dan Quinn on the opposing side, you're saying to yourself, and you're watching that same film that my eyes have watched, and you're saying, okay, Jalen Hurts isn't a hundred percent healthy. Exactly. When he's running out of bounds, he's you know limping a little bit, trying to 
brace and stop himself. So how can we take advantage of those situations but also not lose sight of that you have an A.J. Brown on the outside. You have a Devontae um, uh, Smith on the outside. You Mm -hmm. also have a Dallas Goddard that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of components in this football game, and when it comes to Dallas offensively, I, I, I don't know if I can sit here and say their offense is back on track. I can say what I've witnessed the last two games, yeah. and I think bef- before last week, I didn't understand what the identity was for Dallas. I think what the identity has to be is put the football in Dak Prescott's hands. Absolutely. No because that's that. what he showed us the last game. He was phenomenal, getting the ball to C.D. Lamb, moving C.D. Lamb around mm-hmm. and not just having him stationary, lining them up in the slot, putting You're them right. at the Z, lining them up in the backfield, and then also allowing him to be the single receiver to the short side of the field as the X mm-hmm. can also dictate coverage and what defenses are trying to do and paint the picture clear for a guy like Dak Prescott. So I'm looking forward to this matchup. This is Me a big too. one. I wish this was in prime time. Uh, not Sunday night because you have the the Bengals in the in the Bills, but right. I wish this was at least a Monday night football game. No doubt about it, because Dallas that offense not going to be able to sneak up on anybody now because now the way they've looked the last couple of weeks after what happened against the San Francisco 49ers, the way that they've been able to look with Dak Prescott being more involved in the running game, like you mentioned, using his legs to get outside the pocket and make that work. The Eagles say, okay, so that's what that offense is going to look like now? Okay, but if you're Dallas, it's not about that. My concern is a lot more for them if the offense is back on track than Jalen Hurts being compromised in the injury because they'll find ways around that. He won't be as involved in the running game. That means DeAndre Swift, he gets more touches. That means they run more quick screens in the outside is an addition to the running game that's not going to be there with Jalen Hurts. I worry less about that because I've seen what he can do from the pocket than wondering if Dallas' offense is back on track going on the road into that hostile environment against that Eagles defense. They've had their struggles but they're still pretty good getting after the quarterback and they still can make those kind of plays and have those kind of impact turnovers. I'm with you. I can't wait to see exactly how this game is going to manifest itself when those two meet on Sunday in Philadelphia at 4 o'clock Eastern and, time. And I'll also say, Freddie, like when you look at Dallas offensive line, like you just talked about, like when it comes to the pass rush of the Philadelphia Eagles, you guys better bring your A game. Oh, exactly. Because if it's, if, if, if it's one team they want to embarrass, it's going to be you being the Dallas Cowboys, right? Yep. And Michael Parsons says, well, why don't we, you know, everyone get judged fairly the same way? Listen, you have a star on the side of your helmet. Right. There's mm-hmm. a reason why. Yeah, you, you can't sneak up on people. Nope. You're the Cowboys. Good, bad, you get attention, whether you like it or not, whether you're Michael Parsons or not. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Real quick, we want to hear from you at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Harry shared his story about a couple hours ago about how he, with his dad and the AU basketball team, had a chance to sneak into a Super Bowl back in the 90s in New Orleans when the Patriots took on the Packers. I shared my story. I snuck in the studio 54 when I was 15 years of age, and I told my mom that story 20 years later. And my dad said, what kind of idiot are you to share that kind of story and tell your mom you have taken that to the grave? What's the one event, the one event, or anything that you snuck into that you're proud of? Tony in Long Island, Strong Eyes, I like to call it, wants to share her story at 888-729-3776. Tony, what you got, my friend? Hi, me and my sister uh, took off from work and go to the Yankee 1996 uh, tape parade for the World Series, and we got that we were right against the rail. It was packed, so the people were pushing us through the rail. So the re- um, 
the cop moved the rail and said for us to go across. It happened to be the entrance to the key to the city ceremony. So we keep walking, and my sister is nervous as ever. I'm like, just don't look back. Just act like we belong here. <laughs> and we walked around the building and got right next to all the friends and family of and watched the ring ceremony of the Yankees in 96 World Series. It was awesome. Oh, see, I, see, I can rock with Tony because Tony hey, told her sister, man. hey, just keep walking. Act like we belong here. Exactly. Don't be turning wow. around. How about Tony? She's our caller of the year right there. I like right that, there Tony. because of that. She said, you know what? Girl, keep moving. No doubt about that. Her sister, I don't want, come on, let's go. And then you wind up <laughs> being a part of that and Derek Jeter and Andy Pettit and all those guys. That's a memory there, that, man. That's a memory and a half. And Tony and Strong Island, I'm glad that you shared that with us here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance of motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Swing and a ball popped up. Found ground, first base side, low near the dugout. He's got and that's the ball game. And the Texas Rangers have taken a commanding three games to one lead in this World Series. So game five happens tonight. Pre-game coverage starts at 7 o'clock Eastern time when we're done here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Our man Tim Kirk should be a part of that coverage as an ESPN Major League Baseball insider. Always hit him on Twitter, Kirkchen underscore ESPN. I don't think anybody should be surprised, Tim, that because the Texas Rangers apparently do not want to lose on the road in this whole postseason run that led them to this point. They're three games to one. What can the Diamondbacks do to find a way to force a game six? Well, they have to get on base, Freddie. They are not a great offensive team. 13th in the major leagues in runs scored, 24th in home runs. Mm -hmm. The way they win offensively is to get people on and then just start running. They Only the Reds stole more bases than the Diamondbacks. But if they're not going to get on base, they can't create havoc on the bases because they're not going to out-homer you. They're certainly not going to out-homer the Rangers. So they just have had a different approach at the plate the last couple games. They need to get on, cause some havoc on the bases because they can really run. That's their game. They just haven't been able to play it the last two games. I got to ask you about this because five uh, five runs were scored by Texas with two outs. Hmm. How deflating is that for a team like the Arizona Diamondbacks when you know you have two outs and runs aren't scored, but then next thing you know, in the blink of an eye, you've gave, given up five. What's right. the mindset, Tim, a- after that happens? Yeah, that's really difficult. In fact, the Rangers scored five runs in consecutive innings, mm-hmm. all with two outs. That's never happened in the history of the World Series wow. that a team scored five runs in consecutive innings, all with two outs. And that just is a backbreaker for the for the defensive team when they got them on the ropes hey there's two outs one more pitch and we're out of the inning it just didn't work that way but this is how the rangers operate i'm telling you i've seen every postseason game they played from mm-hmm. the booth first 12 at least and they're a different team they they attack you one through nine they can hit the ball out of the ballpark and it doesn't matter what the count is mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many outs there are they are a dangerous offensive team. Tim Kirk, your ESPN Major League Baseball insider, getting us ready for Game 5 of the World Series between Texas and Arizona. Texas, that series, three games to one on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Can you remember a series where we've gotten to four games in, Tim? There's only been one error committed by both of these teams. Well, we'd never had a World Series before in which both teams went the first three games without an error. That had never happened before. 
The Rangers still don't have an error, mm-hmm. and they're the fourth team now since 1966 to go four games into a World Series without making an error. And frankly, wow. I'm not surprised at all. The, the 2013 Orioles made 54 errors, the fewest in a, a full season in the history of Major League Baseball. This year, the Diamondbacks made 56 errors, the second fewest in a full season, and the and the Rangers made fifty seven errors, wow. the third fewest in a in a in a full major league season. That's how good these teams are defensively, and the Rangers have showed it in every game. And that's why the mistake that Christian Walker made last mm-hmm. night on the ball to his right that it just stands out because these teams do not make mistakes and give you extra outs. And that extra out that they got last night led to one of those five-run innings <laughs> that were all scored with two outs. So we have the matchup again. You have Evaldi for the Rangers and also Gallon for the Arizona Diamondbacks. How do you explain Zach Gallon's poor postseason performance after a really good regular season? Right. It's hard to explain. He was a Cy Young candidate the first half. He started the All-Star game. His second half ERA is well over a run higher than his first half ERA, and his postseason ERA is a run higher than his second half ERA. Mm. Look, he's not an overpowering guy, even though he's a strikeout pitcher still. He just hasn't located. When you don't locate against really good hitters in this game, they don't just hit a single to left field. They hit it 30 rows up, and that's what the Rangers have done to everyone in this postseason. So Zach Allen has just got to be better with his command. If he is then he'll be fine. If not, he's going to get hit again. No doubt about it. Tim Kirkshire, ESPN Major League Baseball insider in studio with us on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. What you said about the Texas Rangers and how they take advantage of your mistakes, it reminds me so much of not trying to put them in the same category, but the Yankees' advanced scouting was so good in the late 90s that if you made a mistake from a pitcher or a hitting standpoint, <laughs> they would either find that and their guys went out there and were able to execute that. How much do the Rangers, what their advanced scouting has been able to do, remind you a lot with the Yankees in the late 90s, early 2000s? Absolutely. It's a great comparison. And it all starts with Corey Seager, who's like the most observant player yep. you'll ever see. The way he studies. I watched him for 12 games. He didn't hit on the field once during batting practice. He's walking around the clubhouse with a tripod, and he is filming everything that he's doing so he can get himself ready. He knows what's coming. When Paul Seawall threw that high fastball to him in game one in the ninth inning, he knew that was coming, and he hit the first pitch for a two-run homer to tie that game and essentially change that series with one swing of the bat. This is what most teams do these days. They have great advanced scouting. They have all the metrics. But I'm telling you, the Rangers are different, and Corey Seager is really different. His understanding of what they're trying to do to him. Wow. You talk about attention to detail and really going out of your way to understand your opponent, and he's reaping the benefits of that right now in this World Series. So you look at both of these teams, the Rangers and Diamondbacks, which one of these teams could you see in the future having consistent postseason success? Well, I really like I like them both moving mm-hmm. forward. But right. the Rangers have some interesting players. Like this Evan Carter kid who came up in the minor, from the minor leagues and had an OPS over a thousand. He's twenty one years old. He hit third in a World Series game at twenty one. The only other twenty one year old hit third in a World Series game was Mickey Mantle in nineteen fifty two. And now Evan Carter's hitting fourth. Josh Young, their third baseman, is hitting fifth tonight. He's a rookie. 
He might have won the rookie of the year if he hadn't broken his thumb. They have two really good young players that are going to be part of this team for the next 10 years if they can keep them. And you take those two with the experience of Seager and Simeon in the middle. Both of those guys are going to finish in the top five of the MVP in the American League. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like where the Rangers are. And what happens if Max Scherzer makes a comeback next sure, year yeah. and Jacob, Jacob DeGrom, DeGrom makes oh. a comeback next year? Mm-hmm. Suddenly they're starting pitching, aged as it might be, has potential to be dominant. When I say Bruce Bochy as a manager, what do you say? Well, he's a Hall of Fame manager, obviously. 2,000 wins and three World Series. And in another World Series, the fifth one he's been in. But, Freddie, I'm telling you, his greatest strength is he never panics. This team lost eight games in a row this year. They lost 20 out of 30. And they told me he had one team meeting the entire time. And it was just like the shortest, simplest thing. He didn't turn over the spread or anything else because he knows if I panic, they panic. He is so soft-spoken. But he has such a great feel for people. He has such a great feel for the game. And this is why the Rangers are where they are. Chris Young, the general manager, hired Bruce Bochy. And he told him, we want you to manage the team Mm -hmm. and we want you to manage the game. Because so many other teams are allowing the front office to manage the game. And they're telling Bruce Bochy, this is in your hands. And they went from 68 wins to 90 wins. And now they're on the verge, potentially, of winning the World Series. But, Tim, you know this. Major League Baseball is a copycat league. How much of this could be a paradigm shift to go back to the old school kind of way to say, you can have your analytics, but it can't get in the way of a guy managing his team, not just on the field, but off the field. Well, I think we're already starting to see that shift. Terry Francona and Dusty Baker have been very True. successful in recent years. But I think you're right. The, the problem is there aren't a lot, whole lot of Bruce Bochy's just wandering around <laughs> without true. a job. But right. I, I think it's a great thing for baseball to turn the game back over to the manager and say, we're going to give you every piece of information that you need. But once the game starts, the game is in your hands. You need to watch the game and tell us, does our pregame plan actually work? Or has something changed during the game to say, all right, we're not going to take this guy out in the fifth inning. We're going to leave him in because he's throwing really well. Tim, I I know you love baseball and and you do a great job of covering it, but I always wonder, do you have a NFL team that you're a fan of? Um, well, I'm I'm 66, so I've seen the Redskins, now the Commanders, win a bunch of times. Wow. And I, I really like football, but I, I don't pretend to understand it anymore. Ever since they went to the bubble screen, I'm kind of lost. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on a second. As much baseball and minutiae as you know, the bubble screen, that, that flummoxes you? Well, so does the nickel package, whatever that is. When I grew up, guys would play every single down. Right. Now, now a Defensive end only plays in rush situations. Or I don't understand anything about football. It's a it's a wonderful sport, right. and, and I've lost track of it in the last thirty years. But I love it. My mind is just blown. What we just heard from Tim Kirchner, ESPN Basically Baseball Insider. Great follow on Twitter, Kirchner underscore ESPN. It's been more than a minute since we've seen him. Always great to have him in the studio, getting you ready for Game Five night in the World Series between the Diamondbacks and Texas Rangers. He joined us on Freddie Harry. Always appreciate you, Tim. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Oh, uh, he's fantastic as always. Like we mentioned. 
World Series and ESPN Radio. Every pitch, every at-bat, every run, every out. All the action tonight between the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks, 7 o'clock Eastern time when we're done on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We continue to hear from you on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. What's the one function or event that you snuck into? Harry's been able to be able part of a party that snuck into a Super Bowl. I was part of a group of people that stuck in the Studio 54 back in the day in New York City when I was 15 years of age. What's yours? That one function or event that you snuck into that you can't wait to tell everybody. Your calls are next at 888-729-3776 on ESPN Radio. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It is the Wednesday Groovathon known as Freddie and Harry. You have Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together, presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us in the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Ten minutes away from hearing what the new Raiders coach had to say about bringing that old Raiders magic back that comes your way in about ten minutes. In case you haven't heard, Josh McDaniels, the general manager, not Josh McDaniels, general manager, he was the coach, the GM, and the offensive coordinator all fired on Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, and there's a new regime with the Las Vegas Raiders. But what's the one function or event that you snuck into our phone lines have been out of control with this all day long at Triple H say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We both have shared our stories. Harry Douglas, you and the group led by your dad snuck into a Super Bowl. Let those who didn't hear that story know about that. Yeah, that was a great time, man. Like my AAU basketball team, I believe it was nineteen ninety six. We went down to uh New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. And we yeah. didn't have no tickets to the game. My dad said, Hey man, y'all wanna go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> so he went up there and talked to a gentleman that was working the gate. Yeah. Next thing you know, all 12 of us was in that thing, baby. Okay. Celebrating. Had a cheese head, <laughs> yelling for Desmond Howard. Didn't even know all these years later I'm going to be working with him on college game day. Crazy how time flies and yeah. how things come full circle. And I remember when I first interviewed Des, uh-huh. like on, on, on my show that I do called the HD Connection, I was like, man, 
I was at the Super Bowl. He was like, no. I was like, yeah, man. And now we're here together. Exactly. I didn't pay to get in. <laughs> Neither did he. So Not you had dime. that in common. You had that dime. in common at Walk that point. around with a cheese head, man. Bourbon Street, got all kind of beads, seen some things I probably shouldn't see. Uh-huh. But, hey, that's the beauty of being young and going to certain events like that. Exactly. Well, believe me, I saw some things I didn't want to see when I snuck in the Studio 54 <laughs> in New York City when I was 15 years of age. There's certain things that are burned in my mind. From that night, over 30-plus years ago, over 40-plus years ago. Excuse me. That I'm never, ever going to forget. And believe me, it all started. We just were walking around, hanging out in the city, me and a bunch of friends of ours. And we walked past Studio 54, and people online to get in, and they're waiting to get in. One of my friends said, well, let's go around and see if we can get in. But we're like, we're not going to get in. And also, we, there's this one door. Security guard left. We're thinking, oh, that door is probably locked. He went to open the door. Open. We went right in. We were in Studio 54 for one hour. And we saw some things that I don't think I ever want to see again. <laughs> where, where was Studio 54 located? Oh, goodness gracious. Now you're, now you're trying to test my memory. It was located in, mid, in Midtown. Oh, okay. In, in New York City. That's where exactly what it was. I'm, I'm trying to get my memory right when it comes to exactly where it was. Freddie, you know a place I'm, I don't go yeah. out like that yeah. anymore, though. But yeah. they used to have a place here in New York called Greenhouse. Yeah. Okay. When, when my brother played here, uh-huh. oh, oh, man, yeah, I know. Greenhouse used to be jumping the, like some jacks. Between the Greenhouse, the Hammerstein Ballroom, you had the limelight places yeah. like that. Yeah, Studio 54, was, it was located on West 54th Street. That's right, in Midtown Manhattan. So, 254 West 54th Street. Yeah. I, so, so it's been a while. That's a, I mean, that place has been open since the early 80s. So speaking of Greenhouse, I remember uh-huh. I was up here for Halloween. Yeah. It may have been my second year in the league. Up here for Halloween, it was a lot of Halloween costume party at Greenhouse. Right. <laughs> Boy, mm, I bet. I can only Boy, imagine. a little bunny rabbit in there. Uh, you going to be okay? <laughs> a little bunny rabbit in there. I said, I got to go back to, I got to catch that Metro North back on to my brother's house. Yeah, exactly, because if you stayed any longer, we would have lost you as far mm-hmm. as that goes. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. What's the one function or event that you snuck into where you were a ruffian like Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Mark in Michigan, what you got, my friend? Hey, Harry, Freddie, how are you tonight? We're good, my man. How are you, Mark? You guys are so warm, friendly, funny. It's no surprise that you would come up with a topic so cool. (laughs) Thank you. Now, we got to give credit. Devin King, one of our producers, he's the one that came up with that, so we got to give full credit to him. We just took it and ran with him, but we appreciate it. Such a hot topic, so... You guys hit hit the point when you said you gotta you gotta be there like you belong there. Well, the the term I always used was you, you own the place. You know, walk walk in there like you own the place. You know, you just gotta feel confident. And, and, and body language is everything. But I got three quick stories, and I'm telling you, I wouldn't waste your time or mine to embellish. So these are all actual stories back in the day. So any younger any younger listeners, if they they think that this can't happen. Just remember, back then there was no Ticketmaster. Uh, security wasn't like it is today, cameras and so forth. So let me quickly go through these three real quick. So uh, 88, uh, uh, NBA Finals, Game 5, the l- very last game at the uh, Silverdome in, in the Pontiac, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pistons are playing the uh, Lakers Game 5. And uh, two buddies and myself, we went down. And we were going to get tickets, like, out in the parking lot. And money was not an object. But what was an object is we wanted to get down into the action. And uh, so all these tickets that we were offered were up in the club level upstairs. And we just weren't getting the tickets that we wanted. It wasn't the price. Wow. So at, 
and we got there plenty early. So we finally decided we're just going to get in, you know, because the Silver Dome was so huge, you could get $10, um, you know, general admission. So we did the $10 general admission, went behind the curtain, and the one buddy took took it for us. And he, when we went down to the main floor, he stood in front of the gal, and me and my other buddy went down there, and we snuck, snuck in. And so we were bumping shoulders with, you know, Jack Nicholson and, and uh, oh, you know, uh, oh, Jesse Jackson and so forth. Anyway, getting in line for the beers, I, I, I offered a guy behind me. I said, you know, I collect ticket stubs. And I'll, I'll be glad to buy your beers if you give me your ticket stub. So we ended up getting the ticket stub. We sent it down to the third buddy who took it for us. And so all three of us got it um, mid, mid-court, and we sat in the aisle but we were buying beers for right. everybody around us, so we weren't yeah. we weren't bothering anybody. So you know we were paying buying beers for it, and we sat throughout the whole game five of the NBA Finals at midcourt, like nine, ten, eleven rolls up. We had to sit in a single file. But we were <laughs> sitting in the um, aisle, right tucked right next to the uh, regular seat. Wow, uh, Mark, we 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 got to get the other calls as well. We really appreciate the call and the kind words as well, man. How about that? You had a chance to see Jack Nicholson. Buying beers for everybody. And Jesse Jackson. And Jesse Jackson. You know, the, the you know, keep hope alive. And that's what Mark was able to do. Thanks for that story in Michigan. Chris in Boston, what was the one function or event that you snuck into, my friend? Hey, gentlemen, thanks for uh, letting me share this story. Um, so my, let me, I'll set it up for you here. My, my wife and I are out on a date night, and we decided to go to this, you know, swanky little hotel in Boston. Mm-hmm. And um, we're, sitting at the, we're sitting at the bar. And we see this event or function going on in the middle of the hotel. And so we're sitting there. We got a few drinks in us. And uh, I'm like, all right, you, you, you wait here. Let me just go see what's going on and see if, you know, it, it looks fun. So I walk over there, and I see people coming in and out. Um, I see, like, little name badges on people, but I'm like, all right, let me just walk in, kind of pretend like I'm part of it. So I walk in. I look to the left. I see open bar. I see DJ. People are having a good time. I'm like, and nobody looks at me like I'm not supposed to be there. So I'm like, this is great. So I'm about ready to turn around and go get my wife. And somebody comes up, running up to me like, hey, Chris, what's up? How you doing? I'm like, Sarah, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> Before she gave me the even answer, I see two more people, left, right, that I'm recognizing here. I'm like, feeling like I'm in the twilight zone. I'm like, what, what did I just walk into? People start running up to me like, hey, how you been? How you been? I find out, and I look up on the big screen. It's my 20th high school reunion. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine just walking, hanging out? Did the invitation get lost in the mail? But obviously those people look nothing like they did in high school. No, they did Because he didn't even. He's like, what's going on here? That's a good one. Who are you? Oh, oh, my goodness. I I know you. I remember you. Wow. Can you imagine sneaking your own high school reunion and you – that's what, crazy. That is completely crazy. Dwayne in Alabama, thanks for calling us on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. Dwayne, what's the one function or event that you snuck into? Uh, thank you. Uh, 1991, my uncle and I was heading to Atlanta, and they had a little dog track right outside of Montgomery. He said, okay. hey, man, you want to go to the dog track? I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> he said, now, when you get to the gate, the peop- no, people know me. Just be cool. So they walked up. Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, this is my nephew. He cool. Cool. Get in. So get in. I'm looking. I said, how does this work? He said, you got to pick exact number. I said, what's the track fact? He said, man, 
there's no possibility you can hit a trifecta. Okay. So I said, hey, give me 20 bucks. Give me 20 bucks. Went up. Paid a 20 bucks exact trifecta. Hit for five grand. First Ooh. time. So, so then I went back. I played it cool. Uh-huh. He's back. I said, hmm. I said, how you do on? I ain't do too good. <laughs> Look over. I said, hey, this ticket here means anything? He looked. Looked at his glasses. He said, whoa. He said, man, it's $5,000. I said, I tell you what, if you hide this for mama, we can just keep the money. We can split it. Call the day. We split the money. Went on to Atlanta. Rest in his history. Rest in peace, on. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's, That's dope, a fantastic man. story. That's, That's a dope. great story. And he shared the winnings with the uncle. He said, hey, does it mean anything to you? He's an old man. We made hey, out. Don't tell your sister who's exactly. my mama, all exactly. right? She going to take right. our bread. Yeah. What's the old thing? Don't this tell mama. This for us. <laughs> Come on, Uncle Junebug. This is for us. How do you know his uncle's name was Junebug? I just threw it out there. Uncle June. Uncle June. Probably was Junebug. R.I.P. Yeah, Uncle June, yeah, yeah, Exactly. No doubt about that. One last one from Dennis in South Carolina. Dennis, what is the one function or event that you snuck into? Yeah, so uh, this ain't really mine, but a friend of mine that I went to high school with, he moved out to California, and he got this cell phone. And then he received this text that says, Are you coming to my party tonight? Love, Paris. So he didn't know whose cell phone it was. And he texts back, he goes, I'd love to, but I got two super cool friends that just moved there from Cleveland. Can you invite them? So he had his phone, his name put on there. He drove up to the mansion and the guy drove up he's driving up this beat up minivan from cleveland ohio let's rust it out and then he goes are you on the list he goes yeah i'm bob gray i'm on the list and the guy goes yeah you're on the list so he went ahead and crashed up paris hilton's 30th birthday party wait what's that and now then, uh he crashed paris hilton's 30th birthday party at that mansion a couple of years ago oh okay oh, like the like yeah the, that party that, that that kind of party that party. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's a good time. Yeah, that, 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 can you imagine what he saw at that party? <laughs> or who he saw at that party? At that because, party. Yeah, because Paris Hill does not roll low. <laughs> we talking about that party. Uh-huh. She doesn't roll low when it comes to stuff. We ain't talking about like, Tardy for the party. No, we talking no, about no. that party. Yeah. Can you imagine you look at your phone like pa- Paris and all of a sudden you show, yeah. oh, that Paris. Wow. If you didn't get through in the phone, you can always weigh in on social media. We'd love to hear what event that you had a chance to sneak into. Hit us up at Coleman ESPN and at H. Douglas 83. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. We'll get to in other news in which, even though it's the day after Thanksgiving, you're going to find out the city that is the spookiest city in the United States. Get ready to be screwed next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
He is Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together in the Wednesday Groovathon known as Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Each and every night we give you a chance to understand things that you might have missed. It could be in the world of sports or it can be in other worlds we like to call it. They may not be the top stories of the day. In other news. But you need to be in the know. This is In Other News. And sad news from the world of sports. We just learned about, not even five minutes ago, the passing of legendary basketball coach who coached at Indiana University, also Army, West Point, and Texas Tech. Bobby Knight passing away at the age of 83. A man that, to say he's a polarizing figure, would be an understatement regarding Bobby Knight because nobody will question his genius on the basketball court. But a lot of people look at some of the things outside of basketball, even inside of basketball, that could have rubbed people the wrong way. But there's absolutely no doubt that his passing at the age of 83, a man who won three national championships with Indiana, led the United States Olympic team to a gold medal back in 1984. On that team, he had Michael Jordan, Sam Perkins, Patrick Ewing, Chris Mullen, a whole bunch of guys that wound up going into the Basketball Hall of Fame like Bob Knight. But he passed away early today at the age of 83, one of the legendary figures, not just in college basketball, Harry, but in the world of sports. Yeah, and you're going to have people. First, let me send my condolences out to his family, the Knight family, uh, that whole ordeal. But the reality of everything also is that you're going to have people that love Coach Knight, Mm -hmm. but you're also going to have people that dislike Coach Knight. And for some of the antics and some of the things that he did within the coaching world, or some of his principles, right? But right. he's also a guy who was a pillar in college basketball, mm-hmm. won national championships, and I can't help but think about you know some of the coaches that we've had across the board, whether it's been college basketball or the NBA. When you look at a guy like Coach K, right, who 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 was able to learn yeah, certain things from him, Steve Alford, Mike Woodson, Isaiah Thomas, Chris Beer, all these guys are from the Bobby Knight tree of coaching. Yeah, so. And I'm not even talking about the players. There's also a long list of players that were able to play for him as well. But like I mentioned, man, I, I send my condolences to his family. There are going to be people right now that feel some type of way. There are also going to be people that, you know, just hearing the name uh, may be scarred a little bit. Right, no and doubt about And that's the reality that. of it yeah, all. No doubt about it. I'll never forget when he worked here, and he was never unapproachable. I'll say that. And when you're a god or a titan of – any particular sport. It can be very easy with people that say, can't go near here. Anytime he was on this campus, when he would do stuff in studio, you knew that there was a certain aura about him. But he was never unapproachable. He was never somebody that you felt like you couldn't go and say, hey, how you doing? And the only time I ever had any contact with him, in the cafeteria here on the campus at ESPN. And I say, hey, you know, Coach Knight, how you doing? You know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. I said, I won't take any time. Oh, I'm not taking my time and everything like that. He was not unapproachable. And it was, to your point, Harry, in contrast to what we saw because I thought it was perfectly described. Now, I just read this article on Yahoo Sports titled Coaching Legend Bob Knight, famous for both victories and outbursts, dies at 83. And the national writer Dan Welch, one of the best columnists in the country, I thought he said it best. He was brilliant. He was a bully. He coached one of the most perfectly disciplined basketball ever played and then acted undisciplined in his own life. He was an American original and a cultural, touch, a cultural touchstone with oversized impact in ways good, and yes, sometimes less so. You could say Bob Knight was a product of his time, but even half a century ago, he pushed the edge of proper conduct, attempting, say, to beat down the door to the referee's dressing room that was frowned upon back in the 1970 NIT as well. Complicated, 
they don't get more complicated than Robert Montgomery Knight, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah, I think complicated is the best word, though, honestly, because there were times that you got Dr. Uh, Dr. Jekyll and then times you got Mr. Hyde. Yeah. That's just the way it was with Coach Knight. But through and through, when you think about college basketball, I think it will be, you know, not fair to say that he's at the forefront of a lot of things and a pillar in such a great sport. Yeah, no doubt about that. The latest news involving Bob Knight, legendary basketball coach who had won 902 games and had the last undefeated team from wire to wire in college basketball. Indiana did that back in 1976. He passed away at his home in Bloomington, Indiana, at the lengthy illness. That's what the family announced in a statement. The legend, the nation's basketball Hall of Famer, was 83 years of age. The legendary Bob Knight passing away earlier today at the age of 83. With Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio and other news regarding the Las Vegas Raiders. They now have a new head coach on an interim basis. They have a new general manager on an interim basis. They have a new offense coordinator on an interim basis. That's the kind of cleaning house they did. Josh McDaniels no longer the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Antonio Pierce, who played in the NFL for Washington and the New York Giants, won a Super Bowl championship with the New York Giants, and also made the Pro Bowl. He is now in charge of the Las Vegas Raiders. We don't know how for how long, but he's ready. It's a new day. It's a new chapter. It's a new era. It's a new mindset. What is that mindset? It's that of the Raider pride, the commitment to excellence, and making sure our alumni, our fan base, and Raider Nation are proud of what they see on the field. What does that look like? Tough, passionate effort, energy, that enthusiasm that you see when we all watched our kids and these young men who are now pro athletes play when they're in Pop Warner, having that love for the game. I don't know how this is going to look like, but I guarantee you plenty of players are thinking, yep, that's a guy I'll play for. I don't care what the end result is going to look like. Yeah, I think getting back to, uh, to the simple fact of loving the game of football and he mentioned that in his, you know, press conference that he had. Watching the Raiders recently, especially the last two or three weeks, you can tell that guys weren't having fun. You can tell that guys, mm-hmm. you know, they were there, but they might not have been there mentally. Now that has to change because there is a job that still needs to be done. Also, Coach Pierce, want to have your best showing as a head coach for the first time too. You never know when you're going to get this opportunity again, so make the best of it. And I guarantee if anybody would understand that, it's Antonio Pierce because he knows this is definitely an audition, maybe not so much for the Las Vegas Raiders, but anybody else out there in the National Football League that may have a coaching opening down the line and say, man, that guy was terrific with all that going on the Las Vegas Raiders, and he made that work. They didn't grant him the job, but that doesn't mean that he can't put himself on other people's radar. But Antonio Pierce, you will not have to question exactly how he's going to be able to reach players. And you hope, if you're a Raiders fan, that that can transfer to success and wins, no matter how long this interim tag is going to be on Antonio Pierce. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Cohen. Don't forget, Harry Douglas will be on Get Up tomorrow morning. He's going to be doing that boy bad to celebrate the best of the week in the National Football League. But it's now time for Game 5 of the World Series between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers. This has been Freddie and Harry on the mighty ESPN Radio. Take care. God bless. As always, keep cool. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.